Leave Lolly alone. She doesn't want to talk to you. Hello, everyone who is tuning in on YouTube and in the interweb world, and to the two humans that are still trying to connect here. It is I, Robbie Rapole. Whoa, where did I go? What are we doing here? Get cat butt out of here. Come on. What are you doing? Hello. Hello. I think Robbie might be frozen. Yeah, I think we run. lost him for a second. We got to get him better internet. He'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be back any minute. Or he's not coming back. This is it. No one ever hears from Robbie ever again. This is it. This is the moment. Yeah, that probably won't happen. He'll be back. I'm just reassuring myself. I like myself your kitty, by the way. Oh, thank you. Her legal name is Small Cat. Yeah. <laughs> I had one named Itty Bit. She's 10, and I never came up with a better name. So that's her. She'll be back up on this table in no time at all. Oh, I have definitely. Chips, so. All right, we'll give Robbie one minute. Yeah. And we'll just start talking. Mm. He'll be back. Good, because if he doesn't have a topic, I do. Uh, now he's texting me. Oh. It says you left, but we're on. All right, Robbie, come on back. Oh no, did you freeze too? I don't think so. Okay. Does, you froze does it for say a I'm still here? There. Now you're back. Ah. You just um, for a split second, but you're fine. Fair enough. Well, uh, we'll give Robbie just another second here. He'll be back. This is captivating viewing for anybody else that's watching. Huge Jeopardy music. Two people waiting for Robbie. He said he was going out to get milk and then he'd be right back. 
going out for smokes. He'll be back any minute now, man. Five years later. Yeah, patiently waiting here. All right. So why? Hey. Is he back? I don't see him yet. Wait, yes. I think I see him. He's coming. Hey. Hey. How's everybody doing here? Good. It made me the host when you left, so. I was wondering. I like, watch, suckers. I was wondering how it was going to let me in. Because it was like, oh, yeah, the host is going to let you in. I was like, ah. So I just jumped on my phone. Just yeah. my computer being, you know, computery. Uh, can I can I ask an important tech related question? Holler, because uh, I have my AirPods in, and I know that they're really close to my jaw. Can you guys hear me eating these funyuns? Because I no. will mute myself if so. No, no, we can't. Oh, that's hear good. That's no. good. <laughs> I was like, that would really suck if the podcast was just crunching noises for the first five minutes. I mean. It it started with more technical difficulties today, so yeah, you know, at least I found a loophole Whoa. now. <laughs> I feel like I found a loophole with my technical difficulties, so like yeah. I get it on, I get the event live streamed, and then fuck it, my phone will work. So here we are. Oh, uh, baby steps. I mean, this is like episode number thirty-five or some shit. So I've kind of yeah. got a couple of things figured out here. Um. <laughs> And if that, since it's a weekly model, what is that? That's um, 35 weeks. That's that's a little short of a year because 52 weeks in a year. I think yeah. we're actually we took some weeks off. 45. Really? Huh? Yes. I, I'm pretty sure it's 45. I thought I it was 35. That we started... Um, hold on, hold on, math, 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 math. I want to say that it started around July of last year. And I say this because I was listening to episode three with you and Erica Nunn. Noon? Yeah, noon. And that was what, that was on the way to Rubber City in Akron, which I want to say was either July or August. And that's what got to you and I talking because I met Gabe in person at that. And then I was on like the week after, which was hilarious because I was on for at least two weeks or I was on for at least two months while I tattooed at my old job uh-huh. because when I quit, the owner acted like he didn't know that we did this, even though we were both supposedly people that were important in his life. Um, so like that was a good laugh. That was a good laugh. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to guess July, which it's April. So Yeah. It'll be a year before we know it. Dude, no shit. That's crazy. Yeah. And so uh, here we are on episode 35 or 45 or somewhere between there. You know, you never know. So I'm over here in front of my computer and I really believe that uh, my computer has a very hard time with internet. That That's what I believe because it's telling me no internet right now. And I know that's not the truth. <laughs> I know that's not the truth. Anyway, yeah, um, it's a it's an emotional ride when you find out people that you thought were on your team aren't on your team. Yeah, you know, uh, 
people you rode for, people that present. Um, and then you just like hear things and see things that are just like hard evidence that you can't fight. And it's like, man, that's weird. And then you just have to like feel it and move on. Because like, you know, uh, one of the things that happens to me a lot, I'm sure a lot of tattooers can relate, is worries about money. Uh, I talk about this a lot and a lot of, on a lot of different platforms um, because it's a real thing in my life. Uh, which is, it's still, it's crazy to me that it is a real thing in my life because I know what my fucking situation looks like on the back end. Um, but I have accustomed myself to living in these patterns of worry and then the worry <laughs> alleviates because more money comes and then worry and then worry alleviates before, because more money comes. Um, and I feel like breaking that pattern is difficult. Um, but also breaking the pattern of allowing people to treat you the way that you used to allow people to treat you when you were too needy. Um, that's also a similar thing to the money scarcity issue. Um, because when you're constantly looking for a mentor or a parental figure or a leader or somebody to help you, um, every time I've been in those states, I've always gotten kind of screwed around the most. And it seems that uh, the same thing with the money worries. When you're worried about it the most, it's it's always more effective. But when you don't worry about it, the effects of it aren't really there because it's not really a thing. Um, so it's just interesting how like we allow these things that come to us in our lives to mean so much when they actually don't. Uh, we're just letting old programs uh, and old patterns repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. It, so it is... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, I always use blue cars as the example. If you're thinking about blue cars, you'll notice every blue car. But I think it's the same thing with like the money scarcity and all that, that if you are really worried about something, things that there have been times where like, I wasn't like financially clutch, but I wasn't hurting and an unexpected expense would come up and it would kind of take my bank account down to like, oh, but I wasn't really stressing on it because I knew I had like a busy week the next week. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. If you're looking for those financial woes and that's what's really on your mind, that is 100% where you will bump into, you know, really stressing on it. Because every little thing that normally probably wouldn't get you, oh man, I got a fucking nail in my tire. I got to go get that fixed. Even if it turns out they can plug it and it only costs $20. It's just you're right. looking for those reasons to be gripey about it and so you are gripey about it whereas that exact same thing could happen to you two months later when you're not really looking for reasons and you are going to just kind of skate right on past it yeah yeah it's interesting how that goes and like that's the focus thing like what you focus on is what's going to show up and uh i noticed um today before i had like an emotional outburst and like was venting a bunch of my fucking problems, struggles slash problems. Um, I like problems. Problems. Yeah, I just came out yeah, with that. That's a good it. one. Um, <laughs> it was a happy accident, um, but uh, I found a way to spin the narrative to work for me. Um, but uh, so I I went through this emotional outburst. You know how like you know I'm, I'm always 
I'm, I'm doing all the jobs, right? And I'm the only one doing this job and, you know, and, and so just getting it all out. And then like later, so, and it's funny cause uh, you know, Donna's like, well, the baby will go for a nap and then we'll go to the park and then you'll do feelings. And I'm like, yeah, I have this feeling that he's not going down for a quick, easy nap. Um, and we're probably gonna miss the park. And then like, it got all fucking fussy and stressed. And I was like, I gotta get out of this house. I'm going stir crazy. And then I like clarity hit me. And it was like, well, 10 minutes ago, you just said you don't want to go anywhere. Now you're saying you want to get out of the house. You're obviously in a frenzy. What do you do best when you're in a frenzy? Sit with the baby and let him give you a nap. And so uh, like I had this clarity, right? And I was like, wow, this is fucking great. Um, so anyway, before that whole clarity moment and all the you know, the baby napping happened. Um, I was thinking, wow, can we, I really can we have, have one podcast where we don't talk about baby napping. I know fucking who, who do I think I am just taking naps with babies all the time. <laughs> uh, but like, so I was thinking, wow, I really haven't <coughs> had crazy, like regretful outbursts in the morning that I used to have. Um, and if I do freak out, it's like communicate, it's communicatable. I can communicate through it and I can be communicated uh, to faster after. So it was really interesting that like, instead of looking for a fight and causing a problem, I just kind of like emotionally vented while I fucking like vent cleaned a little bit. And Donna was like, yeah, I get it. I understand. I feel you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. And then like, I realized, oh shit, I need to take a nap with this baby. But like, the version of me that I used to live that I was running from all the time was the version that would start a fight, create a fight, nurture a fight, and then be mad that a fight happened. And then like hours or days later, I'd be like, fuck, I was a real jerk. I need to apologize. But like at this point in my life, it was just, you know, maybe an hour of just me like fluttering around frustrating, not causing a fight, but just like bitchy grunting and like realizing I'm bitchy grunting and able to get through it. So, you know, all the things I was worried about, all the things that were bothering me, uh, that's all fine and good. Cause really the true factor is I have so much fucking progress. I didn't think I could achieve um, and didn't realize I actually had until I was in this moment where I had to check my progress on accident. Um, so that was more of like just a story of how my day has gone so far. Uh, and kind of a celebration for myself to be like, yo, you're not perfect, dog, but guess what? You're getting better at being imperfect. I love and when you get those to recognize those moments when you realize I'm handling this a lot better than I would a year ago. Right. And, and even <laughs> one thing I'm not super fucking proud of, but I had a brownout while drinking the other night. Um, and for those who don't know what a brownout is, when you black out for a short period and come back. And I did that. And I felt weird and I felt bad about it because drinking isn't supposed to be something that turns me off. It's supposed to be something that's just silly fun to do. Yeah. And I went a little too far. But I was able to actually control myself because like I told Donna the next day, I'm like, man, I feel I feel really embarrassed. Like I, I went too far. And she's like, no, it's okay. Like, you don't have anything to be embarrassed about. 
and to have your partner tell you that you don't have to have anything to be embarrassed about like after you like lost a portion of the night because you're a fucking irresponsible idiot i was like wow maybe i actually just don't have as much like pent up rage and aggression and like shit that'll pop out so to me i guess i was like wow maybe maybe i've cleared up some of that past healing that i've been working on because it's not just falling out of me when I'm not really in control of myself. Um, yeah. So while I wasn't proud of myself for over drinking, I was actually proud of myself for like not turning into a monster when I over drank or like turning into a pile of emotions and just like crying everywhere <laughs> and say, you know, like <laughs> the usual suspects that I would be embarrassed about didn't show up. Um, and I was just loud and goofy, which is something I can definitely do without being drunk. Um, but just another progress marker. And, and I think the reason why I like using these different progress markers is because, yes, I made mistakes. Yes, I, I kind of wasn't perfect in the moments, right? But it's about progress, not perfection, because perfection isn't fucking attainable. Fucking watch Tron Legacy. That movie, they fucking dropped a couple of fucking nuggets on me right quick today while the baby was napping. All right. Um, and the, the pursuit of perfection is kind of what like took down the whole Tron world type thing. Um, and at one point he's talking to his former, the, the, the version of himself that he created to help him manage this world. He's like, man, I wouldn't have made you to think things are need to be perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. And I can't remember the way he did it, the way he worded it, but it was like, wow. Um, but yeah, so like I can go ahead and and make things that are considered mistakes in my personal current quest for greatness, but also look at those mistakes as high quality fucking mistakes versus the low level trash mistakes I used to make that would have me doing damage control for days, weeks, months, or maybe irreparable damage. Mm. Um, so it's just kind of cool that like, I can acknowledge, holy shit, I may not be perfect. That's all right. But the coolest part is I actually can grow in my pursuit of getting better. And I will grow and I do grow. And because I've lived 42 years now, right, I've got enough data to, to prove to me that I've lived and progressed and evolved enough times that I will live, progress, and evolve more times. So I can actually be optimistic about the problems I have in the future and the mistakes I make in the future because they're going to be smaller compared to the shit I'm facing now. Was that all followable? Yeah, absolutely. That was just a big brain dump that um, made me excited to share. Uh, and I, I think it's because I've kind of been in a funky place all day. So it was kind of been, like nice to find them. Um, find find a weird day. Yeah, weird day, you know, like. Uh, me and Dusty talked for about an hour before we got on here. Um, and I think that also uh, helped me vent out a lot of my worries and woes and things. Um, but yeah, man, sometimes like the day just starts out weird. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one, of, one of my good friends who owns an amazing restaurant locally named Shea Kwan's. Um, he posted something today about being gentle with yourself that I reposted on my Facebook. And like, I couldn't even tell you the whole quote, but all I, I fucking remembered a part of be gentle with yourself, like have grace with yourself. Like, fuck man, 
it's about having grace with yourself. It's not about being perfect. You're and like, that's just, uh, it's kind of cool. I'm like, you know, uh, putting that into my relationship with Donna. She wants marriage really bad. I would love that. I'm too terrified to fucking say yes to marriage, to pursue marriage. Um, but at some point in time, that's got to go away. Like, you can't be afraid of the things that, like, you want to do uh, and feel like they're you're going to inevitably do. But if you're too afraid of them for too long, they're just going to sit there at a distance um, and probably yeah. cause damage to your future. Courage is being afraid and going ahead anyway. Thank you for finishing and, that and, thought. And I would make an adorable ring bearer. So <laughs> just Bro, something yeah. to think about. You know what? How about this? So I can have Jaden carrying Zen, who's and Zen is carrying the pillow, but then you'll be carrying Jaden. Yeah, I'm in. So it'll be the trifecta of ring bear men. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be the ring bearer, bearer, bearer. Right? <laughs> ring bearer uh, 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 squared to the third. To the third. Ring bearer yeah. to the third. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm but in. yeah, seriously. Like, I remember um, a little over a year ago, uh, I was at uh, this event at a tattoo shop grand opening, and we got a lot of tattooers together. Um, and one of my friends, uh, Emily, from my season of Ink Master was there. And... Um, We've always had this like way of like getting deep and just like going to the things. And she was like, if you don't wipe that girl up someday, she probably gonna get tired of waiting around. And um, that's true. And that, and that goes for anything, right? Like if you've mm -hmm. got a great opportunity and something you need to get over your old fears about, why wouldn't it serve you to get with it and move forward? So and, just, and then Robbie was like, I'll just put a baby in her. Meh. Which uh, was basically kind of what happened. Because <laughs> I was more comfortable making a baby than I was um, making a marriage. Because I, I did fathering successfully for 22 years now. I've not work, done marriage uh, successfully. Work smarter, for not harder. Right. You know, so I was like, I'm comfortable with this. Uh, and, you know, I mean, the end game for me is to be with one person. I don't I don't really care to tender for the rest of my life, and I don't need a harem. So, you know. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, that was extra funny to me because I think we know someone trying to do that. <laughs> I didn't, dude, and that wasn't even a direction. <laughs> I was just thinking of the options, right? Like, like, if I'm a fucking single, successful dude, I'm either fucking tindering being alone it's it's marriage or a harem clearly or like having uh, a harem like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> only sister wives you know what i'm saying i mean and to be quite honest donna would like sister wives because that it's like assumed responsibility stuff you know i probably <laughs> like sister wives the least because of human management issues that's a lot of work for me dude look well, to man keep happy Right. And like all the things I have going in my life and all the relationships that I have with all the people, that's already a lot for me. You know, could you so imagine like, managing more than one romantic relationship? Oh, man. You know, and like I, I can't so imagine managing one. 
dude. Hey, come right on, now come on. in my life, neither can I. I am married to tattooing. A relationship <laughs> but, is a waste of my potential. And you know, I did that. I did that married to tattooing thing for most of my life. Um, um, Lauren's trying to get in the chat. Oh, Dusty, Lauren's you... trying to get in. Somebody's got a letter in. She just messaged me. Dusty's the uh, admit. Dusty's the leader right now. My computer is being poopy. Joining, joining, joining. <laughs> hey, we did it. There we go. See, and my computer add, had add that, tech so. wizard to my resume. Man, look at you saving the Because I clicked join. <laughs> Dude, saving the tech on Let's Talk About Feelings. Robbie gets booted and Dusty's the host. Lauren, you're muted. Hey. What's up, guys? Hello. How are Hi. you? I'm doing great, actually. I'm just leaving um, where I work. Okay. Is that, that a will... hospital? No, actually. Here, I'll show you. Um, kind of funny if you want to talk about feelings, right? Um, okay. Yeah, I've been here for six years uh, with the last one of the previous brands that I was involved in on this side of the building and mine's on the other. But it's actually the building is completely uh, demolished where it used to be. It's kind of interesting. This used oh. to be for my position not to be named. But yeah, it's kind of neat to see that it's been completely renovated. Oh, wow. Oh, that's that looks awesome. That looks so cool. Yeah. So our warehouse was throughout here. The studio was here. Yeah. Pretty Fuck interesting. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, how are you guys doing? I was kind of listening in and sent a couple of you messages to let me in. <laughs> yeah, my, somebody saw. <laughs> my my computer doesn't like to stay online. Uh, so we're <laughs> figuring this out. But yeah. Um yeah, I've just been a I feel like I've been doing most of the talking today. Uh, I've had a lot to, to talk about, I guess, and I didn't realize it. But yeah, um, Talking about, it seems like progress, not perfection, is kind of the thing, you know. Uh, focusing on what's going well, not what's not going well, uh, you know. All those type of topics is kind of where we seem to be radiating around. Radiating. We were talking about harems uh, at the moment, yes. <laughs> and sister wives. Right, okay. right. Sister wives. Because, okay. you know, if at some point in time I don't marry Donna, I'm either going to be single, you know, again, uh, tindering, and I and I was like, okay. I don't really need a harem. You want to hear what my sister told me recently? What's that? She said that out of married men, we'll just use married men, single men, or married women, married men tend to live the longest because a man, I'm not saying that I'm being, you know, any particular way, but studies show a man needs a woman to say, hey, don't text and drive. Hey, watch what you're doing. Hey, you know, you you need to take your supplements or whatever it is. And that don't climb that ladder that's only teetering on one leg. You can't make it. <laughs> yeah, that's like commitment, but by committing to something like that, it does show that you are committing to your own life as well. And you may even live longer. Um, that submission, I suppose. Right. And and it's weird because like I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, 
and I, she doesn't ever let me forget it. And you know, the baby, uh, the baby is also a reminder. Like I feel really bad that like he's got my name and not her last name. You know, like I, I wouldn't want to be there. And I feel like that's like really honorable for her to sacrifice that, um, you know, right off rip. Uh, and I, not that my fucking family name means anything to me, but my connection to my children means something to me. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's been weighing on me a lot. And then just like, uh, you know, the fact that why the fuck hold on to something you're afraid of for so long uh, I am definitely the type to jump towards the thing I'm things I'm afraid of more than uh, hold on to them and sit frozen and not do that shit. Uh, so, and then, you know, that applying to everything else in life, you know, like uh, that, that one fucking meme that keeps floating around of like the, the person holding the rope and how much damage it does to your, your hands. And then like, when you let go, uh, you know, the lack of damage that happens to your hands. So, you know, it's it's interesting that um, there's like this daily fight, it seems sometimes, of just trying to get over the the humps of the emotional feelings and the distresses that pop up. Even for a guy like me that really shouldn't have as many distresses as I like to allow to invade my space. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever listened to Dr. Joe Dispenza, his perspective on yeah. that? Uh, not not like on that specific topic, but I love him. Yeah, kind of on like the comfortability of, um, you know, because we kind of train ourselves. I guess one of the questions he asked in one of the videos I watched, is this a temperament? Is this, is this just a mood that I'm in today or has this become my temperament? And when it becomes your temperament, it's because it feels normal and our bodies like to feel normal. Even if it's it not a your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Even comfort. if it's bad. Yeah. You know, I like being stressed. So I will, it feels normal to be stressed so that I will look for something that stresses me out in a situation or something like that. How do you, right. like when that comes in, it's like, how do you talk yourself out of it in the moment when you're so comfortable being uncomfortable, but you need to be uncomfortable in another uncomfortable way? Dude, paradoxical. You know, like <laughs> the discomfort you know is better than the unknown. Right. The fear of the unknown is larger than the fear of something you already know. I think that's definitely uh, a big part of it. Um, <clears throat> you know, or like the fear of what you don't want to happen uh, <clears throat> is a big one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that can fall into a subs a subset of fear of the unknown. Um, but yeah, like, what do you do when you're living a paradox? Um, you know, first acknowledge that you're living a paradox, right? (laughs) And then just kind of figure out, like, what's the best step next, right? Like, every time I make the wrong step, I wish I had made the other one. So I try to like, not make a step uh, in a situation that I'm gonna wish I had not made that step. Like, um, sending messages, writing comments, like this one person on fucking Facebook, always, always, always negative, negative, negative on every single fucking piece of content. I try to create positivity and human growth and togetherness. This person is negative, 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 negative. And I'm always trying to help them spin it. And one day I almost didn't. And I almost snapped. And that thought of that's what he's trying to get you to do. Right. And like, 
I, right, because like I can't be this positive all the time, right? I can't always have a fucking answer. Um, but like the truth is you can't always have a fucking answer. You can choose positive all the time if you choose to. Um, it's hard to choose that, but like I thought of don't text in anger, don't don't uh don't say anything in anger. Um, what's that saying? Don't make a decision while you're happy or you're angry. Um, because yeah. if you're happy, you might make the wrong one. If you're uh, angry, you'll most definitely make the wrong one. Try to just be neutral and human when you're making your decision and not swayed by the <clears throat> mood. You're, uh, so I try to not be it's swayed. Don't, by don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Right, yeah. exactly. Same, seems, same logic, yeah. Right, and it seems my early day temperament is to be in a frustrated state and sometimes look for a fight. So I have to remember um, that that's just the way that's going to be for a moment until I can get out of that and then like choose the proper fucking decision. Don't make, don't, don't uh, engage conversation when you shouldn't. Uh, don't, don't start making messages to your clients and friends uh, and people that you're waiting on deadlines from when you're stressed, you know, like, <laughs> And don't call them when you're fucking celebrating any either, you know, like just call them when it's time to do business. I was what listening you- to someone about the vibrational um, frequencies of certain Okay. And I forget exactly what it went, but the, the video's context was like letting go of control and why that's such a good thing for you. Because like, you know, you build up this idea of what something should be like and you kind of quantify it in your brain and when it isn't like that you feel like a failure but like yeah. you kind of talk about like the the frequency of anger versus fear versus you know all of those different things and it's pretty interesting to see that we actually just like are resonating all of these different things all all the time that we don't even recognize the connection between you know you right. know like and, in anger or commenting in anger right so like, like um you know, a, a lot of people say, you know, don't check. And, and this and this goes for your field, right? So, like, don't check your emails if you're if emailing is a part of your business. Um, don't check your social media uh, if social media is a part of your business. Um, you know, don't engage in business time before it's business time. So, like, uh, Carl from Villain Arts, um, I remember him saying one time he doesn't talk to anyone about business until afternoon p.m. Uh, yeah, noon, because like he's he, he can't fucking do it. Like it's just he's not going to be who he needs to show up as during that communication. And like for me, my prime work times is like one to six, one to eight. You know, if, if I'm still working, I can run later. But like if I'm like if I'm really best to do work of any sort it's between 1 and 8 p.m like i'm i'm conditioned that so like i shouldn't engage in all the things i engage in outside of that (laughs) because i know sometimes i'm not the right one for the job uh so it's interesting how i feel like we all have like a time we need to turn on and turn off at on our business lives I mean, they yeah, do my always- mentor is a morning person and it sucks. Right. What was that, Lauren? They do always talk about like that power, you know, intensity, you know, 
whatever it is, 90 minutes, two hours, but it's always so short of like your best work, you know, and it's like, man, people try to spread their best work out of, you know, some entrepreneurs 24 seven, really like Carl, imagine you get a fraction of what he's really worth. If you're going to hit him up at eight in the morning. No shit. No shit. Especially if he's got, you know, four conventions in a row, you know, in four different quadrants of the U S at four different times. But that was another thing that Tron Legacy dropped on me. Bro, fucking doing nothing can be really productive. Ooh, fuck. Sometimes, <laughs> it can. Like, sometimes you just have to take a fucking nap with a baby, Dusty. As much as you don't like hearing about me napping with my baby, sometimes you got to nap with the baby. And like, for me, when I'm frustrated and all over the place, Sitting still is the best thing for me. It's the hardest thing for me, but it's the best thing for me. So yeah, yeah so brushing your hair, you know, making things smooth. It's almost like brushing your hair. You know, things are all crazy, and then just that smooth action. Um, I don't know. That's a good comparison, but kind of you know, like I feel like that too. And I've had two. Diff- I've had two kids. You know, I'm a little. You've had two kids, Robbie, and it's that's a good comparison. Like just napping with the baby. But in other words. The baby could be any form of stress, you know. Absolutely. And like, it's funny because like I'm I'm acknowledging like when he when I need him, he typically needs me in those situations. And he was whining at me from his playpen, and Donna was in there laying with him, and he didn't want her. And I'm like, maybe he needs me. Let me just pick him up. And then it clicked. I was like, I need a nap with him. Like. I don't even need to nap, but I need to sit with him because, like, he needs to pin me down. I went through, like, 30 minutes of discomfort um, because I had to poop really bad. And then I fucking slid out from under him. Like, two hours into the nap, I couldn't do it anymore. And so, like, I slid out from under him, and he stayed sleeping still. So, like, him him forcing me to calm down and chill, like, removed me from that wheel spinning cycle. So, yeah, whatever it is cause you to sit still you should probably do it he knows you were talking about him. i know hey buddy no get that baby <laughs> he's getting right. last time i saw him i know dude he walks what's up i think i saw him like on here like nine months or something yeah um so he's 11 months now uh and he walks everywhere like full-time walking <laughs> like i haven't seen him crawl in a no, bit he doesn't crawl at all anymore the only time he crawls yeah. is like crossing the threshold in and out of the back door but like yeah he's whoo he's going fast and you know there's going to be a time where the baby won't want to nap um and he won't want to rescue me from my shit so like i better take advantage of like the baby knowing when i need rescuing from myself uh yeah. while i still have it um And just, you know, really appreciate like what you were saying, Dusty, the blue cars, appreciate what I've got in front of me, um, which is this fucking wonderful family that loves me and supports me and is there with me, Uh, you know, and appreciates me even at my lowest um, and builds me back up and supports me through it all and loves me back to health all the time, Um, you know, because in the grand scheme of things, that's what marriage is about. It's about fucking growing old with somebody and having a lifelong love and companion that you can share like your life with. Like that's my concept for marriage. So like to say no to that 
sounds like I'm actually saying no to what I want. What I'm saying no to is the fear of divorce. But I've made it through every divorce I've been through. And, you know, if I just turn into that guy that gets divorced seven times and married 12, you know, whatever. Uh, like, <laughs> You're still better than my that, grandmother. That she was married five times and survived every single one of them. Right, exactly. That does not math at all. <laughs> Unless you're you know, doing the sister wives. Dude, if there's seven divorces, or we're going to go fucking harem style, all right? I'm obviously not meant for single marriage at that point. Uh, you know, but I've, I've made I've made my two divorces such like this defining factor of what a failure I am um, when really I'm not. Uh, and I meet so many fucking people that talk about their two divorces. And I'm like, oh, wow, that that sucks. I've been there, too. And like have compassion for them instead of uh, judgment. But I have judgment for self instead of compassion in the same situation uh, I feel like all that two divorces really means is that at least twice in your life, the season of your life changed and that you realized it was time to change it. Like, I, I mean this with the utmost respect to people that are married for like the, the, the timeless story of like, oh, high school sweethearts, they got married, they were together for 80 years, like proud of them. If, if you can make that work, that's awesome. I hope that in those 80 years that you grew together in directions, because I just couldn't imagine 80 years of the same life of just every day we wake up, it's this, we do that, we do this, like, and you're allowed to grow in directions that other people grow in their direction. And it just doesn't always click. Um, you're absolutely right. And like, and that's not a failure. That's just growth. Growth is the opposite of failure. Staying in a loveless marriage would have been the failure. Right. And I see both of my ex-wives on social media and I'm like, I don't want that in my life. So why would I be upset that that ended? Um, and it's more about the ego. I know that and, feeling. Right. You know, it's more about the ego and like the worry of like, am I good enough? Because I, I got divorced twice. And I think that's really more my thing. Um, feeling less than because I've failed at something twice. Well, I've failed at business a number of times, but I keep moving forward. Um, I've failed at a number of things a number of times. And what people re like love the most about me is that I don't quit. So why would I, I not? Why would I, I don't not like this. I don't like this use of the word failure. I'm gonna be right. honest because you're like, well, I failed at business. Okay, do you think that the other shops that you have run and owned and worked for have shaped you to get to where you are now to get to take naps with your kids and own your business and love your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then are those failures <laughs> or lessons? And you know, like the same with marriage, if you had stayed and you were unhappy now and things were different and you didn't meet Donna because of that and you didn't have Zen and you didn't have Rad Inc., would that be the failure or would the fact that right. you were smart and strong enough to be like, this, this ain't it like that, you know, it's, uh, fa failures are reserved for like literal failures. You know, if you're like, I'm watch me slam dunk this basketball and you fucking whiff, like you failed at slam dunking the basketball, uh, being like, Hey, watch me go into this loving relationship and grow as a human. And then, separate but live a rich full life like if you know you can't whiff that like you just did it and it's not a failure right. it was just 
growth. Well, and I see, and I, I use the word failure as more of a, like just a natural part of life and a tool because like yeah. fail, fail early, fail forward, fail often, or fail, fail, off, fail forward. I feel like um, almost even contradicting yourself in like, almost like really, how do you, like he's saying, like, how is that failure? Like, I feel like you're just using that word. Like you, you would tell someone yeah, else. It's that. A, it sounds like you're trying to punish yourself a little bit. And that's the yeah. thing. I don't, I don't intend it to be that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not the thing. It's just, it's just verbiage that I've picked up over the years that um, it's like, well, it, failure is a part of life. You've got to fail to make it forward. And going in the gym, like failing at the gym is a sign of a good thing. Because when you've worked your muscles to failure, you've won. Because now you can't work out no more. Your muscles need to grow. Uh, and they need rest to grow. And you've done a great job pushing them. So it's interesting you and guys. I, I don't like not push. get that. But when, when you say that you worked out so hard that you've got muscle failure, I don't hear muscle failure. I think muscle growth. Right. Yeah. Like right. you are literally working stuff out and growing. And yeah, you can be like, oh man, that last set, I couldn't do it because I worked my muscles to the point that they couldn't. But that's, you didn't fail at lifting it. You succeeded at, I don't know. It just seems like it's a lot of narrative spinning that you could, you're looking for that blue car that you could be like, hey, this is growth. <laughs> hey, I'm growing as a person. Hey, I'm literally right. getting stronger with weights. Hey, I exited right. this marriage and went into this marriage. Or you could be like, man, I fucking failed it a lot. Well, and, and what and what you're calling me out on is that is the baggage I've carried around attached to those situations that I'm working my way out of. Uh, and a lot of the time you can talk yourself really around in circles before you work yourself out of it. <laughs> and and thanks for the for the reminder that I am doing the talking myself in circles. Um, because I hate when somebody sits there and justifies some bullshit behavior like a fucking idiot. And if I'm sitting here justifying bullshit behavior like a fucking idiot, I'm like, ah! <laughs> hey. Oh, Robbie. To be totally unrelated, but I was talking to someone recently and we were just talking about value and stuff like that. So say you have, you made a hundred paintings and you sold 50 now and you gave the other 50 to your boys. And, and later, but, and then the first 50 are sold and they have that value and, but that increases the value of the others. So I wonder, you know, it kind of increased your value by having that, either that turbulence or that experience or whatever, but you're actually more valuable because, you know, it might not necessarily have been the most fun at all. And looking back, it still sucks, but you do have more value too for making it through those experiences. Right. And having those life experiences to draw back on. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate that all so much because that, that is the truth. That's the dead ass truth. You know, cause if former me uh, could see me now, he'd be feeling all right about me, <laughs> you know? And it's funny. Cause we were just talking about that last week Yeah, that going through all of that with having worked at other shops and dealt with clients that like, before you would own a tattoo shop, before anyone anywhere should own a tattoo shop, you should be prepared because of trials by fire under other, you know, getting thrown in the lake feet first and just like, fuck it, figure it out to be able to be like, I know what to do when a problematic customer comes in. I know what to do when one of my artists is having issues. I know like 
you are literally just building yourself into being a well-rounded fire forged human being that can handle anything because, Oh, I went through a marriage and a divorce. I know what it takes to make a relationship work or when to be like, this isn't working. We need to end it. I know because I had a kid what to do with my second kid that you had right. what, fuck, like 20 years after the first one to be like, Hey, I've done this. I've been around the block. I, I know a thing or two. And it's, it's not a failure to be able to pick up that life lesson so that when you're, you're 43, 42, yep. 42 with modern medicine and everything, you've got at least another 80, 90 years in you, um, <laughs> you know, to, to think about the fact that if Robbie at 42 is like, all right, I did the two divorces. I've had the two kids. I've done this. I've failed at business. I've succeeded at this thing. I've done that. Like Robbie at 50 is going to be handling shit like a G Robbie at 60 is going to be like hey, failure. How are you? Like, Right. It's just right. continuously right. building up that future Robbie. So it's definitely, I, I like that you perceived it as fail forward. That's a good way to look at it, but it's like, it's not really a failure. No, no. It, it's, it's, if, if, if we're talking about failure, it's more concerned. It's more likened to muscle failure. <laughs> you okay. Know, okay. You know, but yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, there were failed marriages because just like your muscles won't work anymore. The marriages don't work anymore. They are no longer active. Um, but no, I, I do appreciate the, the the call out on the energy because when I talk about failing in the gym, I, I sound and feel different than when I talk about failing at marriages. Um, there's a different energy that comes out of me from that. And that is because I've Someone learned- Someone convinced you that divorcing is failure. What's that? Somebody convinced you that divorcing is failure. And you've taken that on. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's kind of the age we're at, though, that I feel like yeah. divorce wasn't casual until shit, the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, we definitely grew up in, if you can't make a marriage work, you are a failure. You are a failure. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, when I, dude, I was the first one out of, like, any of, like, the family to get a divorce, really, of, like, all the kids, all the cousins, all the grandkids and shit, like, my New York family is Long Island, New York. So like these motherfuckers live with their mom and dad until they're like 30 and then they get married and then they never get divorced. So like that was like the concept of marriage that I grew up with. My parents, they knew yeah. each other. My mom was 12. And then my dad died when he was 72, turning 72. And they were never apart. So like I was brought up in like, you don't give up on marriage and you're a quitter and you're a failure. And like my mom was so devastated for me when I got divorced the first time, like, and but and once again, we're talking about old patterns and noticing things. I'm noticing that this is a lot of my old stuff. And like, just because it's a core memory doesn't mean you have to live off it forever. You know, you can actually change your narratives in real life and live happier and healthier and better uh, because of that experience, because of being forged in fire, because of the pressure it took to make the diamond. Um, so yeah. I can't wait to meet fucking 60 year old Robbie because I just met a 70 year old dude at a fucking car show who could have kicked all of our asses and was like mad fucking like healthy and dope car and like just living life. So I'm like, man, I can, do that. Chill, I can right? do that. What's that? And he was chill, right? I don't know if he liked me because I think he was a little insecure about my pink car. Some of the car guys get insecure about my car being pink. Um, but like, 
<laughs> you know, he looked like he was having a good life other than that. And his wife was a really great conversationalist and she's a beautiful human. <laughs> so, wonderful, wonderful happens around 45 in, years old. When you hit 45, you run out of fucks to get. Right, right. You just and do. Like, you have less. You realize you gave them out willy nilly in your 20s. In your 30s, you started to slow down. But by 45, you're like, I only have so many fucks left to give. And I'm not giving them out to just anybody. Right. And I think like um, part of the turmoil that I've been going through internally lately is like being on the crest of something awesome happening. Usually you're facing a storm before that awesome. So like getting to the point where I'm just not going to give fucks like I do uh you got to work out some things and i'm I feel like i'm yeah. working out bugs and the kinks and learning how to take more baby naps <laughs> i feel like that too i almost like with certain things i know like and it keeps happening and I'm, I'm right but i'm not right where i feel like i've lost all willpower towards anything that isn't the greater thing that i don't know what it is <laughs> i know that's that's prob probably my biggest problem at the moment which seems grandiose but I mean, you know, like opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And this is fantastic. You know, and I almost turn it down because the more fantastic thing I turn to my right and there it is. And then I turn to my left. And I think that it's almost like that feeling of being open or like, it's still really, really uncomfortable and scary. But yeah. Bring it here, baby. Well, I remember um, we were turning in our uh, cable box to... Uh, live on the road full time out of the car uh, a couple years ago and I was on the phone with a guy that I met through a random person that I met at a convention and she was like this guy's a really great guy if you ever want to talk to somebody maybe you should give him a call one day and so we reached out on Facebook and we spoke and I was like man I should talk to you so as I'm in that parking lot uh, dropping off the fucking the, uh, the cable box really finalizing I'm living on the road full time um, he was like, look, right now you feel like the opportunities aren't there for you. But at some point in time, there's going to be so many opportunities. You can't say yes to all of them. And then that's going to be the reality you're living. And that what you just said, Lauren, kind of like sparked that for me in the whole concept of. You don't know what the greater good is, because like there's so many great things like what's the greatest thing? What's the, what's the main goal? What's the main purpose? What do I say yes to? And honestly, once again, focusing on the blue car, I feel like what I what my purpose is at this point is the family, is the people that um, give me the love to move forward and, and the fuel to refill my love tanks when, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to get refueled. Um, and then letting the rest kind of fall into place. So uh, I feel like my purpose has just become like, focusing on the people that care about me the most and then the rest of the stuff will work out. So maybe yours is similar. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've given, you know, since my kids were born, I've been the one who has been a professional mom, you know, like mm. last year alone, I was gone for almost four months, you know, and just for the, the tattoo stuff that I was guess that has provided these opportunities but it makes me wonder like really was that my motivation or was my professional career which I don't necessarily have technically anymore it's different you know but it's a question you know yeah 
Yeah. And I think it's just kind of your journey as your journey right now. And it's, I feel like I like hearing other people's cloudy and foggy parts of their journey. Um, makes me feel less weird about my cloudy and foggy points, you know, yeah. uh, because I feel like we all have them. You know, I so much I get reverence from people. Oh, wow. The way you built a brand, the way you do this, the way you do that. And I'm like, thank you so much. I still feel like I'm losing my mind a lot of the time, but thank you for thinking I'm doing something well here. Uh, so it's just interesting how we can all be so hard on ourselves in the process of our journey when other people are like, wow, nice journey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we all we we all build into our own head how much harder it is for our like for others versus ourselves or vice versa that when people are like oh man you did this this and this and you're like thank you for acknowledging because i have no clue what i'm doing i'm just figuring it out they're the same boat but you make it look easy and that's where that reverence comes from is that we all have our things that we just naturally make look easy whether it's that you're an extrovert or that you are super good at math or artistic talent or you know just style like everybody has their thing that people see and they're like wow you just make it look so easy and it's because you see the outside perspective versus knowing that if you looked into like with you with like the pink and all the colors and everything that like you put a lot of thought and work and focus into that and it is a big part of you it doesn't just necessarily come naturally like, you didn't just come out of the womb in a dope fucking hawaiian shirt like there, there's work and there's life and there's love that goes into it and right. i think other people see it and you may, when you do something right and you're passionate about it you make it look easy and other people really do gravitate to and acknowledge that because it it, it taps into something in their insecurity of like man i wish i could just wear I mean, that was what you and I initially bonded about when you were in Ohio right. and we talked and I was like, it's super cool to see somebody else in tattooing that is just unashamedly un, you know, whatever themselves and themselves happens to be a really big, colorful goofball in a lot of ways. And it made me feel so much better that I'm like, man, I work at a shop where everybody here is insanely talented, but also 1000% acts like a fucking rock star. And I'm just like, in my jorts with a yoo-hoo and some heart-shaped sunglasses <laughs> laughing all the way and i was like robbie did it and that guy got, you know the guys at the shop that i'd be showing off and some cut off jorts this summer and they can make fun <laughs> of me all they want i don't care <laughs> well you know i'm like that was the thing i kicked Ooh. in the <laughs> i kicked in the door nice. the way I'm, and just showed up as myself because at this point in time i don't know how to be anything else right and if i'm in a tat shop Bitch, that's the one place I'm supposed to be me. Never exactly. mind how I'm going to act. So, like, I'm going to walk up in this bitch and be me, homie. So, like, <laughs> I, it's nice when you can find others that do that, that feel that, um, that vibe with that, that relate to that. And it's just, like, real recognized real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it just um, worked because I looked at you and I was like, man, you make it look so easy. And you're like, well, it isn't always. And that made me feel better, too, that I'm like, not only does this guy show that I can be myself and I can be a fucking lovable goofball and I'm serious when it needs to be, but as a whole, I can just be me, but also he's admitting that it's not easy. So I shouldn't feel bad when, sorry, I got the hiccups. I shouldn't feel bad when it's not always easy. Like, man, everybody else is struggling too. That's crazy. Right. Uh, and it, it really is a cool thing. And it's cool. Cause as you're saying this, like it, it just made me have this thought of like, I enjoy the fact that I'm multifaceted now. 
like for a while, I just wanted to be the nice guy and I wanted everybody to love me. And I just always wanted to be positive and I didn't want any bad days. Um, and I, I, I don't know how to make that happen. Um, but I also know that the other night when we had the concert at my shop and I had to use my dad voice against the homeless person who was throwing up in the parking lot and like trying to fight me because I asked him not to post up there, um, I realized, wow, I used my dad voice and every other dude with a dad voice looked over there and I had a fucking crew ready to fucking back me up. And that's a voice I'm afraid of using because people can get hurt when I use that voice. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that like scary voice and that the tone and like demanding something from someone, that's something that I used to hate. But like knowing that I could use that for the greater good of my group and my people, I'm like, wow, that was really cool. And people came together you know, with the intention of like, hey, let's just restore peace to this fucking parking lot because this is a nice show. Um, we're going to listen to live music, you know, and like, mm. and like, yes, we can drink, but we don't have to throw up here. And when someone asks us to leave because we're throwing up, we don't fight them, um, you know, and like, what's that? Life lessons. I actually have to interrupt and I'm really sorry. I have to jump off you guys, but I'm um, glad I got to say hi, you know. Yeah. yeah amber i haven't seen you in quite a while <clears throat> robbie i did one of these days or at some point we should connect i had a few ideas in my in my mind wanted to talk about i love it and let's do it because i love ideas and i like talking and uh i like you i really appreciate your energy um and i've always felt good things from you so yes let's uh let's move forward awesome yeah. well happy to see all of you and i'll see you again maybe next week or soon Awesome. Awesome. We take, take care. care. Bye. But yeah, like, you know, tapping into the parts of you, like, I like that I'm multifaceted now. I, I you know, I, I, I'm embarrassed that I cry. Almost every time before I cry, I get embarrassed. But I always feel a million mm -hmm. times better when I'm done crying. Um, so I like that I cry. Uh, yeah. You know, I like that I can yell at people and scare people when I need to. Um, you know, I, I like all the things about me that I didn't necessarily love before. I like the fact that it seems that I have to fucking get it wrong a couple of times before I get it right certain times with things. Um, but that just helps teach me more. So, you know, being a multifaceted person and enjoying that, like you have more than just one way to bring it. It's nice that you can actually be that. You don't have to just bring it the same way all the time. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to be able to change your shit up from time to time so yeah mm -hmm. but um lauren just jumped off and it is 602 so oh wow let's go ahead and uh end this for the day um thank you everyone for being here um once again it was thank awesome as always amber always appreciate you always love your input always love to see your face and hear your voice dusty thank you you're you're my spirit animal i love you um, I love you. <laughs> and uh, I drew all of my spring flash sale for Friday Flash ooh, while we did this. So I hope it didn't seem like I was just zoning out because I was super listening, but also doodling a bunch of little birds and strawberries. Well, um, you know, that was perfect because I had a lot to say today. Uh, so, you know, it worked out. Yeah, I, I have been 1000% in observe mode today. Because a lot of hilarious stuff is happening in the world. And, uh, you know, here we are. Uh -huh. Hilarious world we're living in.
crazy. Ah, uh, well, love you guys. Uh, all of y'all out there in the interweb world land, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching the replay. Uh, everyone at Reinventing, Guy, Gabe, uh, everyone else, thank you guys so much for uh, allowing us to get together and do something that tattoo artists don't all, all, all the time do, which is talk about feelings. Um, so thank y'all. Love y'all. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye.